sound rolling. Okay, let me count it. Three, one, two, three. Welcome to another episode of the Bantu Boys podcast. I'm your host, Baleko Aziza Wisa. Yes. Um, we have to apologize. My other uh, Bantu Boy um, member, Julian Chikuna, he's not here today. I think he's filming a national commercial right now. You know, he's on the like bigger and better things or whatever. But today, ladies and gentlemen, Bati Aken, Etats-Unis, Canada, Belgique, Paris, wherever Bati Aken, wherever in, in, in Angola, Brazzaville, wherever you guys are, we have a special, special guest. This guy is one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm talking about, you know, I love Tupac. I love like Biggie and Nas, but this guy's up there, Miles Davis. He's Mr. Ricardo Lembo. <sighs> yes, this is exciting. So excited to have you here. You know, we got a couple of your albums here, but we'll talk about that later. First of all, Dr. Richard, very humble to have you here. You you have no idea how much Bantu Boys, we're a huge fan of yours. Um, so just tell us, like, um, to start um, this interview or us getting to know you, where are you from? How did you get into music? Okay. Yes, sir. Well, um, I have lived here in Los Angeles. Since, yes, sir. Uh, I came to America uh -huh. back in 1972. I was a little kid when I came here. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, yeah, because like, there's nothing about you. There's no nothing about you that's like Americanized, like uh, the way you walk, the way you carry yourself. To be here uh, since the 70s. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but anyway, I came here. Uh -huh. My dad uh, was going to school here. Okay. My dad, um, you know, is one of the. Um, um, uh, I guess the f I guess first generation I guess of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people who came from Congo and, yeah and, uh, a bunch of students who came in some you know study of USC and, right. and different um, universities here but anyway um, I came here to join him and yeah. to, to to study right um, I was born in Kimpese Kimpese is in uh, Congo Central uh -huh. um, uh, but uh, there's something that I have to say. Okay? Yes, sir. Um, my family comes from Angola. Okay. Uh huh. We are from uh, a place called Mbanza Congo. Mbanza Congo yeah. um, was the capital of the Kingdom of Congo. Before the colonization. That was the capital. Yes. Uh -huh. yes yeah. The Kingdom of Congo um, was um, uh, founded, f founded huh. in uh, 13, the 1300s. Wow. Before the arrival of the Portuguese. Wow. And um, um, the kingdom of Congo, the, the territory of the kingdom of Congo right. went, uh, uh, this was, of course, uh, before um, um, Africa was uh, partitioned. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Conference of Berlin yes, in 1984. Um, the kingdom, the territory of the kingdom of Congo was uh, all of north, north of Angola, Luanda, uh, Congo Brazzaville, Congo Kinshasa. Right, right. Um, uh, well, large part of Congo Kinshasa, right. including some part of, of, uh, of uh, the capital of Kinshasa, right. uh, and south of Gabon. Um, wow, that's a long because Gabon. That's you have to pass Brazzaville. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All of Kabinda, you know, all that was part of the Kingdom of Congo. Anyway, uh -huh. um, my family comes from Mbanza Congo. Yeah. Mbanza Congo was also known during um, colonial time as San Salvador. Yeah, 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 yeah. Many ethnic Bakongos are. Uh, they call them, you know, the Bakongos are Bazombo, who come from uh, also Angola. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. And then you have the Basan Salvador, who come from San Salvador, which is in Banza Congo. Yeah. And then, you know, except then you have the Bandibu, Basingombe. So, anyway, um, my 
grandfather, yes, sir. Uh, my paternal grandfather, um, was the first Angolan, Mokongo, uh -huh. who translated the English Bible um, uh, from English uh, to Kikongo. I mean, the very first time yeah, yeah, yeah. the Bible was, the New Testament was uh, translated into Kikongo, was my grandfather who worked with the British missionary. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, he went to England f uh, three times in 1984. I came to the United States, like I said, uh, in 1972 to join my father. Right. I studied. I studied two years. Of, I did two years of high school, uh -huh. and then um, I wanted to go to law school. Right, and right. Then I changed my mind. I decided to do music instead. Okay. You see, now the idea or the love, my love of music started in Kinshasa. Right. Uh, when I was little, I was about maybe eight or nine years old. Okay. We lived, my mom, my brother and sister, and uh, cousins, we lived in a street called Dibaya. Dibaya. Yeah, Dibaya in the commune, commune de Dendal. Uh, at the time it was Dendal, but now I think they call it Casavubo. Uh-huh. Is that was, East Congo? Like how, how, like no, no, that's in Kinshasa. That's in Kinshasa, okay, okay, okay. That's in Kinshasa, yeah, okay. Commune de Casavubo. Dibaya, numero 37. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was my grandmother's uh, place. Anyway. We lived there, and next door there was a bar, and this bar they played, you know, Congolese music, right. and uh, and that was the time then I that I decided that one day I become a musician because I mean I had somehow memorized all the songs that were coming from the bar next door, uh -huh. and I used to daydream in my room, you know, that I was uh -huh. leading a band and uh, singing those songs, you know. So the dream came true when I came to America. Let me ask you this question after the shark sure, because you're sure, on a roll. Sure. What type of music was being played? Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. From the bar next door, yes. it was mainly Congolese music. Okay. Franco, Nico, African jazz, etc., etc. Okay. But, something else. I was exposed to Cuban music mm. uh, like many people in Kinshasa or, well, not only Kinshasa, but Africa. Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, Sally Cruz, Tito, um, Tito Puente, Johnny, and Johnny Pacheco, uh, uh. yeah. But for, in my case, um, you know, the Cuban music we heard, the, we heard it on the radio. Yes. But I have, I had a cousin who had a large collection of uh, of uh, Cuban, Cuban music. music. Uh -huh. So I would spend hours and listening to all the albums, and that you know, I became uh, an aficionado. Do you speak? Did you speak Spanish to understand at, it, or just at the time I didn't? Okay, I didn't. It was not until I came to America that I learned how to speak uh, uh, Spanish. I mean, I speak French, Portuguese, right. uh, Spanish, Lingala, and Kikongo. What about Swahili? Because I know one of your songs is Swahili. No, I understand Swahili because I have many relatives who okay. speak Swahili, uh -huh. and I can follow the conversation because I mean, at the time when we lived in Kinshasa. Um, you know, we were exposed to many different languages. Right, right, right. You know, exposed to Swahili, exposed to Chiluba. Chiluba, and, right. And many other languages. So we picked up a few things here and there. Okay, okay. Wow, that's... Okay, so with your with your love for music, who... And you, when you were here, you said, okay, I want to um, I want to become a musician. Who Was there anybody particularly that you were like, okay, I'm going to hone my craft after this artist or, 
Is there anybody that? Um, well, I did not make a conscious decision that mm. I would like to hone my craft after this person. But right. you know, I was a big fan. I still am mm. of um, Franco, for example, yeah. Grand Calais and African jazz, Samanguana. Uh -huh. And then um, Johnny Pacheco mm. uh, from New York. Right, right, right. And then, of course, um, uh, I was a fan of uh, Cuban music. So I knew artists, bands like um, Orquesta Aragon, for example, Celia Cruz, etc., uh -huh. etc. Cetera, et cetera. So when I decided to form my band, it was with the sole purpose of uh, blending yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cuban music and uh, Congolese music, Congolese okay. rumba. Yeah yeah, 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 I love it's, it. Uh, yeah, Congolese rumba, and um, and this is what we did in my first album, uh -huh. um, Tata Masamba, the first mm. album that I released in 1996. Right. And I had the um, um, uh, the honor and uh, really the privilege of working with a great artists like Sam Mangwana. Yes. And then um, uh, the musicians of uh, the Quatre Etoiles, uh, four stars from Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, so the album, the album was released in 1996. Yeah. Um, it uh, uh, created uh, what uh, a storm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 the album was so successful that I mean, it was um, I could not believe it myself. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, I must say, I mean, it was great, great. Uh, it was a great album. It was, and then uh, I had great producers and great musician. More importantly, I had great musician who uh. performed, who recorded with me, uh. and that's what made the album um, as great as uh, uh, it is. I ask you this: in that yeah. first album, you didn't have Makina Loca, right? Well, I didn't really have a band. Okay, right, 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 right. Yeah, I didn't because um, Makina Loca was, well, I guess, officially formed uh -huh. in 1990. Right. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't really have any... I didn't have regular musicians because uh, in those days, I mean, we... I had what we call pickup bands, mm. you know, uh, which means that, uh, let's say we have a gig tonight at 8 p.m. Yes. Okay. I had no idea who was going to play the bass, for example. Right. I didn't know who was going to play... Uh, um, uh, the drums, uh, yeah, yeah, guitar, so, all that. Yeah, so I had to make some calls, uh, and uh, the person who was always with me um, was the guy, one of the guy, oh, the guy actually who started the band with me, Nino Jesus. You know, is from uh, from Cuba. Mm -hmm. uh, Nino plays the keyboard, and uh, he is also my arranger. Mm -hmm. So he was always with me. So I knew that it was well, the band was just me and him on keyboard, and then we would call around. And then uh, whoever was available, okay, they would say, oh, come on down to uh, whatever bar or club you're at. Yes. You let know, me that, that, don't, don't let me ask yeah. you this. So uh -huh. since you only had your arranger, uh -huh. and you had to make calls for different um, um, band members, yeah. musicians, how did you write music, or how okay. did you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We had um, maybe four or five tunes, uh -huh. and you know. Uh, the band, you know, what, what we did what, what, um, uh, is what we call in, uh, in Cuban music, descarga. Descarga is like what? Uh, uh, like a jam session. There you go. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, El Nino will start a tune, uh -huh. and then 
I'll start singing. And then sometime we made up the songs right there on the spot. You know what's funny? You know the great yeah. jazz musician, you know John Coltrane. Yeah, of course. He would call it avant-garde. Yeah. Where it's like you just play how you feel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. sort of like, oh, okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if you've done that whenever I performed where you guys just feel like, I mean, but you have enough content now where it's like, no, we're going to play this song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't do that anymore. But yeah. uh, back then, yeah. we had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> we had no choice because, like I said, we had, it was a pickup band. You know, we had, you know, Wow. Yeah, we pick up musicians and then, uh, you know, he would start a song and say, okay, we're playing this on, uh, I don't know, key of G, for example, or uh, it's an F, you know, right. and they'll just follow. Yeah. To have that type of confidence to do that. Yeah. That's incredible. And, well, you know, we played bars and then um, people came and danced and uh -huh. I guess well, um, most of the, um, uh, the customers, I mean, they didn't either didn't care or they didn't, they didn't catch on and but let me tell you the something thing is we had fun <laughs> let me let, the, the, the let me tell you something i'm not saying this because you know you're you're a dad you're an uncle and we have a lot of respect for you but i've went to two of your concerts that's some of the most fun i've had cuz your music is very i don't know it's just the the, well, the rumba i don't well, know yeah now uh, it's a long way from those days you know because right now we actually have arrangements right, 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 right. <laughs> no more professional now yeah hey but i went like what like the, the first time i saw you perform was what like six years ago so yeah. i was just like yo this is so much fun yeah, yeah. And, you know i was in my early 20s i didn't think like i'd have this much fun but i was like no it was a lot of fun so with your band makina loca uh -huh. what does that mean and where'd you get that name from okay yes sir um Okay, when I was growing up in Kinshasa, yes. know, there was a bar in my neighborhood uh -huh. called Makina Loka. And the local band, uh -huh. uh, the house band, I should say, was also known as Makina Loka. Makina um, spelled M-A-K-I-N-A-L-O-K-A. -A. Okay, okay, okay. Now, how did I come up with this name? Mm -hmm. um, I remember one of my very first gigs Okay, it was a Christmas party. Yes, sir. Yeah, actually, no. You know, it was the first gig. A Christmas party mm -hmm. um, for this film company in Santa Monica. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And then um, it was in 1990, um, uh, November. Uh -huh. And they called me. They said, oh, yeah, we'd like for you to come play and blah, blah, blah. You know, and get this. I didn't even have a band then. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 come we'll be the, there. We'll be there, yeah. so Just like a Congolese person. Yeah, and then, and then, and then the woman, uh, well, we hung up, and then so she called me back a few minutes later, and she said, uh, oh, we need to put the band's name on the invitation. Of course. What's the band's name? I didn't have a band name, <laughs> so I said, uh, oh, oh um, African All-Star. And then I said, okay, okay, fine. And then after we hung up, and I said, ah, oh, no, that, that. So I called her back. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I thought of this name, Akina Loka. And then I called her back. I said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Uh, the name of the band is Ricardo Lemvo and Makina Loka. Uh -huh. I said, oh, okay. So Royal and that's how uh, the that, band started. That's so funny because yeah. that eight-year-old kid in you and Ken, yeah, yeah. yeah, he came out with oh, yeah. the Makina uh, Loka. Definitely. And, and yeah. well, let me tell you what Makina Loka means. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, in Spanish and Portuguese, uh -huh. Makina means machine. Mm. Loca means crazy. However, uh -huh. in Kikongo, mm, okay. okay, Makina or Makinu means dances. Okay? Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay. So Loca, L-O-K-A, is to cast a spell on someone. That's in Kikongo. Yeah. So the word, the, the, the name of the band has... Uh, 
two meanings. I mean, it depends on who you... who's who's listening. I mean, if it's a Spanish-speaking person yeah, or yeah, yeah. a Portuguese-speaking person, they will think that oh, it means crazy machine. And then someone who speaks Kikongo will have uh, <laughs> different right. uh, definitions. Right. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Okay, that's right. I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the 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 crazy dancer. I'm not gonna do the voodoo. Or the, 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 well, it's not voodoo. I mean, it's look at me. I'm uh, American. It's voodoo. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Pardon. Pardon. They got me corrupted here. They got me corrupted here. <laughs> it's not voodoo. No, uh. no, it's not. <laughs> so wait, Richard, I want to talk to you about next question about um like your mentor, right? Yeah. So I remember we a bunch of boys. We did some research and we found out that Sam Manguana was like kind of like your mentor. Right, or he kind of like helped you out, like um, with your music. Um, have you guys ever toured together? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, um, okay, in nineteen ninety six. Okay, let me tell you what what happened. Yes, sir. I, mean, I knew Manguana. You know, he was living in Paris at the time. At the time, mm -hmm. and then um, so after I recorded the entire album, and we were ready to 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 mix, and then uh, you know go yeah, to mix the master. final production. And then I get a phone call. I get a phone call from Sam Manguana. He happened to be in San Francisco. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. So we were talking, and he said, "Oh, um, you know, I heard that you were in the studio, and man, you didn't even invite me to sing at this one song." And I said, oh, "I'm so sorry. I mean, uh, you know, we were done." And then, uh, so right after we hung up, I swear to God, yeah, an idea came to me, and I said, "You know what?" guy is here in San Francisco, okay, it's only 45 minutes from here, because yeah. he was on his way down to L.A. anyway. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I called Nino, this was my arranger. Yeah, yes, yes. And then uh, I said to him, I said, you know what, I have an idea for a song. Sam is coming down, okay, when he gets here, we will do this song. So he told me, okay, what's your idea? You know, I said, well, you know, but, you know we're talking on the phone, and he yeah. said to me, okay, I'll hang up, just call and then leave it on my answering machine, okay? Mm -hmm. So I have this melody streaming in my head. I mean, this is normally how I write my songs. Okay, know? okay. You know, it starts out with the melody and then the words come later. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the words come before uh -huh. the melody. But anyway, in this case, I had this uh, idea. You know, it was a simple uh, melody. So I sang it on his uh, answering machine. Mm -hmm. So, and I said, you know, yeah, do like four parts, you know, I sing the first part, Sam will sing the second part, and then the chorus will come in, and then the third part, yeah, yeah, third, Nino yeah. will sing it, you know? Uh -huh. And I said, okay. So, unbeknownst to me, I mean, because Nino had a studio in his house, mm, okay. a recording studio. Right, right, right. So, unbeknownst to me, he went ahead and did the arrangement, and mm -hmm. then recorded the basic tracks. Right. Okay. The next day he calls me and they say, oh, why don't you come over? Uh, I want you to hear something. And I said, but I didn't know what he was talking about. So anyway, I, I go there. Uh -huh. We go into the studio and he turned on the machine. And then I swear to God, this was the most incredible thing. The song that was playing in my head, I was actually hearing it. He was playing it. That's great. So the idea that I left on his uh, the machine, uh -huh. he went ahead and took it and I did the arrangement. Wow. And that's how we did the song. The title of the song was Minha Querida. Minha Querida in uh -huh. Portuguese is My Darling uh -huh. or My Sweetheart. Uh -huh. you see? So that's the song that I recorded with, uh, with, with, uh, with Sam Manguana. Yeah. What, what is your... Okay. 
Um, I'll ask this um, last question before I go on break. Um, what would you consider your genre, your music, genre, musical genre? Is what? it salsa? Is it uh, Congolese rumba? Like, what would you say? <laughs> it's neither. Mm. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh-huh. all blend together. So, um, um, I like to call it a blend of Cuban and African music, Central African. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I say that, because when I say Central African, Pan African style, actually, that's the correct uh, terminology. Pan African. I've never heard that before. Uh, oh yeah, Pan African because it has rumba in it. Right. It's got sukus. It's got kizomba. Kizomba from uh, Angola. Yes. And it's got semba. Semba also from Angola. Right. And then it's all meshed together. See, so the Pan African style, all those styles that I yeah. just mentioned, mixed with Cuban music, and that is my style. That's why they call you, you have world music. That's incredible. Yeah, but world music is not really a good terminology. Yeah. World music is what? I mean, it's yeah. just a title that uh, uh, someone came up with to uh, um, put together or to, to, to put all the music of various parts of the world yeah. into one category. And in our one category. That doesn't work. But I like that Pan-African music. Yeah, it's a Pan-African style. Style. Pan-African style, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, but Pan-African style could, you know, in my, my case, yeah. I'm just talking about um, Semba, Kizomba from Angola, uh-huh. Rumba, and Sukus from, uh, from the Congo, you know, with all that together with Cuban music. That's beautiful. Yeah. Wait, how much time do we have? have any any songs that you've made where not that you didn't think they were they were a good song but then they were much better when you performed it well um i have many songs like that <laughs> <laughs> many songs like that uh-huh. um, um uh, the one that comes to mind right now is uh, mambo yo yo um uh-huh. See the way it was recorded. Uh-huh. I mean, I love the, the way they did the, the, the recording. Yeah, yeah. But then again, you know, when you are on stage, you get inspired. Yeah. And then you will sing a line in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you know, I always think, oh my God, why didn't I think? Why didn't I come up with this idea when I was recording this song in the studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, this happens all the time. It's amazing because as a performer on stage, you'll never duplicate the same show twice. No. Something will happen. No, you can't actually because um, and and also you cannot sing the same song night after night the same way. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, there are many things that come into play. You know, because uh, uh, yesterday I was per- perhaps feeling. A little down. Right, right, right. And then I sang a line in a certain way. But t- t- tomorrow or today, I'm in a different mood. Yeah. I'm in a different mood. Yeah. And um, so uh, the performance would be um, uh, different, different based on my mood. How, how long say. are your shows? Um, well, it depends. Uh, mm. But the typical uh, gigs that we do, we do, if we play a nightclub, for example. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll do uh, two sets. 
uh, 2.45 minute set or 2.50 minute set. Oh, it's about two hours. Yeah, about two hours. So we do festivals, you know, they tell us, okay, we want you for 90 minutes, for example. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll do that, you know. And there's some shows, you know, after 90 minutes, we just keep going. And then uh, they have to come and shut us down. Right, right, right. <laughs> do, do you have to do anything to prep? Like, do you, like, what, what is it, like, a pre, like, what is something you have to do before a show? Before a show? Yeah. Um, I just relax and then uh, meditate a little bit. Okay. And, uh, you know, I just want to be in an, be ready for the audience. Do you have, like, a superstition before a show? Like, I know, like, I, you know, it's funny, sports is also performance. Like, I know some basketball players, I have to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I have to take a two-hour nap before uh, a game. Is there anything like that you do? No, 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 no. I, I mean, I used to go run, uh, run uh, uh -huh. two, three miles. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, before, especially before recording. For what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, to, yeah just to... Endor be, you know what's funny? Yeah. That gives you good endorphins and you feel better. Yeah. I oh, <laughs> Like, you know what's funny? Whenever I have a big show, like, I had a show for, like, Dame Dash Studio not too long ago. Before I performed, I worked out and I played basketball. I just felt good the whole day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, I see yeah. it. But I don't know, two, three miles. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just, you know, get, get energized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be ready for the, the, the challenge. Let me ask you this, you know. So yeah. we talk, this is off the cusp. I ask you, Mikate, do you eat it with peanut butter? I I have eaten it with with uh, with peanut butter. I've eaten it with uh, with piri piri. Ugh. I've eaten it with uh, what else? Uh, um, avocado. Avocado. I think so. Ugh. I think so. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> I think so. Oh gosh, yeah. I I hate you guys. I uh, eat yeah, migate yeah. just fresh. By itself. Just by itself. Oh no 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 no. no, no. What's this? was wrong with us in the kingdom of Congo? We can't make progress. <laughs> You could eat it with with piri piri. You could eat it with uh, peanut butter. You Marmalade, what is? Uh, applesauce. Well, no, 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 no. These those are weirdos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They cannot put applesauce because applesauce is already uh, sweet, and you cannot just you know you cannot mix sweet and sweet. You know, you have to bring in. Ugh. With, uh, you guys make me sick. Different taste. <laughs> All right, the third shard. And we're back. Welcome to the Bantu Boys Podcast Part 2 with the legend, the myth, Tonto Richard Lembo. Um, Tonto Richard, you've been giving us so much information. I'm like, I'm more impressed with you now than when you first walked in. Or whatever. Right? Um, but, um, you know, I wanted to go back to you with your family. You know, you come from a very educated family. Like your grandfather, like you said, was the first Angolan person to write the Bible, to translate the, translate the Bible, in, Bible from, from English to Kikongo. Um, to Kikongo, correct. Um, how do they feel about you? You know, you come to this new world, Itazini, and then now you're pursuing music. Well, um, um, at first, um, well, you know, I come from a family where um, uh -huh. they, they frowned upon uh, musicians. Even though, even <laughs> though, in my family, uh -huh. um, we have a lot of musicians. Hilarious. I mean, my grandfather, the one I was talking about, who translated the English Bible, played the piano mm. and played the trumpet. Oh, wow. I have another uncle, okay, who now lives in France. Is he? I mean, to me, he's like an accomplished musician. He plays the accordion, plays yeah. piano. I mean, he reads music, you know. So he's wow. A, yeah, he's a, a true musician. In fact... He is, um, when Franco first started, right, right, uh -huh. okay, back in 
six, I think it was. Wow. Um, my uncle, okay, my maternal uncle, Andrada Andre, was one of the musicians in the group. Wow. The singer, yes. So you have that lineage all the way. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And I have another cousin, Mbuta Mashakadu. I don't know if you've heard of him, but no, no. he was one of the original member of Zaiko Langalanga. Get out of here. Yes. Mbuta Mashakadu. Just ask anybody. I'm going to ask all the uncles that they probably know. Okay, this is yeah, great. Mbuta Mashakadu. Uh, he passed away back in 2011. But Mbuta mm -hmm. Mashakadu was in uh, Zaiko Langalanga with Papa Wemba, with, I mean, the original members, you know? Wow. Yeah. So, um, um, going back to your question. Yes. Um, um, my mom at first uh, did not, you know, was not too crazy about it, you know, about me being a musician. Right. But of course, um, when, um, <laughs> especially after my first album came out, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, everybody becomes uh, a fan. Of course, of course, and then I said, "Oh, you, you, Ricardo's mom." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, as I talent, as I talent, yeah. Yeah. So, uh. so from then on, then it was okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Well, my, uh, oh, that's, well, that's good. That's inspiring too, because you know us Africans, you either got to be what a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what I mean? or or a nurse. <laughs> Wait. So I, oh, I forgot what question we we're gonna ask. Yeah. Wait. Hold on. We talk about the languages. Oh, I'm so unprepared. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven, 1972. Okay. Yeah. So you know when he came here in 1972. Yeah. Right. How was it being here in Los Angeles, being probably one of the only few Congolese people well, here? I was young. I didn't. Speak English. Uh, right. just, just think about it. I mean, you come to a new country, you don't speak the language, and then uh, there weren't any, you know, people my age really. Yeah. Um, I used to hang out with my dad's friends, so my dad's friends were like all grown men. Friends. Of course. Of yeah. Course, yeah. Um, I remember we used to go to parties with um, uh, Leo Baongoli, Nefuani. Um, you know, Antoine Yelubanza. I mean, a, a bunch of other people. You yeah. Know? So, um, and then, of course, um, uh, around uh, 78, 1980, yeah. that's when there was a big influx of uh, many Africans, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And mainly Congolese, here in Los Angeles. Right. And then the community became um, uh, much bigger. Yeah, because uh, I know my dad was one of those that came in the, the 80s. Uh -huh. Yeah, that all came here. Yeah, yeah, there was like a... It's funny because now... In 2019, there might be like a fifth generation of Congolese people. Well, now you go to a party, it's like, I don't even know this person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this happened to me a lot, you know, because, um, I mean, I, I knew every, way back then, everybody knew everybody. It was, right. it was a small, small, small yeah, yeah. Uh, group. But nowadays, every once in a while, I would go to an event and then I said, who <laughs> I don't even I'll know. Ask, I mean, you know, so how long have you been here? Oh, 20 years. Yeah, right. Years. Yeah. <laughs> I never see this person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's good. <laughs> but, you know, here, how is, how is Los Angeles? Because, you know, we grew up here in LA. Yeah. You know, we were clearly, we're more, way more Americanized because we grew, like, we were born here. How was LA in the 70s, like, for, like, as an African? Because I know. Like, I know I didn't have any problems being African. I'm very fortunate. Like, my friends yeah. were, like, more open-minded, and I never had any issues. And plus, I don't have the accent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's amazing because when my friends would meet my mom or my older sister, they thought we were Jamaican because <laughs> we would hear the accent. 
So like, how was it for you, like, yeah. to deal? I don't know. Was it like, you know, you're a booty scratch? Like, was anything like that? Any insults? Anything like that? It's just, um, you know, I had different experiences uh, because, uh, like I said, I mean, I was pretty much alone, and then <laughs> I uh, <laughs> until I joined a a, mm. a football team, soccer team, uh-huh. uh, and then uh, we had an African soccer team here. Um, what? Yes, uh, everybody was from one well, different part of Africa. You yeah. know, they were Nigerian, Ghanaian, Congolese, Angolan, Egyptian. Yeah, right. and, uh, and uh, I was again the youngest one, so uh, oh, everybody okay. was competing for the position in the team, and so nobody wanted to be a goalie, and I okay. <laughs> volunteered to be You're a goalie, goalie yeah. so that I can. Play every right. game. So you found way to find even some type of community, oh, even yeah, being yeah. like, okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So um, uh, this is what happened, you know. And then I mean, I was in high school during the week. I'm in school, and then uh-huh. weekend I was uh, with uh, uh, my uh, older brothers. Basically, right. so, like I said, I was the youngest. Right. See, so and then in time, I. Um, um, uh, my social circle expanded, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you know started hanging out with uh, 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 Cuban because of my love for Cuban music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, is that how you're uh, able to pick up Spanish too? Uh, yes, that's how uh, with an old girlfriend. And uh, but then I also took <laughs> classes. Oh, okay. I took classes, and then you know uh, I'm fascinated with languages, and so it was really easy for me to. To, uh, to to learn Spanish, you know, also because I speak French, so right, French right, right. And easy. Spanish uh, uh, languages of the same um, same uh, family, and uh, they have the same uh, grammatical rules, and right, right. So it was it was uh, not too difficult for me to learn. It's that. funny because I'm actually I have a I just got a French tutor, so we're gonna start trying to relearn French. Uh-huh. So I'm very excited, you know, because I'm planning, we know us, we're trying to go back home. Yeah, yeah. We know we're going to have to stop in France. So it's like, hey, right. got to learn how to speak. But even though, like, you know, Lingala is like the national language. But you know that the most, um, the city that speaks the most um, French in the world is not Paris. It's like Kinshasa. Oh, I see. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there's more people per, like, um, whatever, per square foot uh-huh. in, in, in Kinshasa than there is in, uh, in, in France. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like, hey, you know, as much as I'm like, hey, I want to pick up my lingala, it's like, no, you have to learn that French, <laughs> you know. But let's, Richard, let's go back to the music. Okay. If there was, is there a legend that you wish you could play with or haven't played with? Um, well, let's see. Um, yes. Um, uh-huh. um, there's one guy, uh, the salsa legend, uh-huh. uh, New York, Johnny Pacheco uh-huh. is one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, because, in fact, I always like to say that I... He's the one, he's, well, he is um, among those who had inspired me inspired, to, become, good uh, to become a musician. Uh-huh. You see, I would love to, to, to perform with uh, Johnny Pacheco. Uh-huh. And then um, I was going to mention another uh, group um, that I did perform with them, a Cuban group uh-huh. by the name of uh, Orquesta Aragon. Uh, Orquesta Aragon, they're from Cuba, and uh-huh. they travel all over the world. And... Um, um, I had the good fortune yes. of performing with them in New York, July 3rd, 1999. Orquesta Aragon was celebrating its 60th anniversary. Yeah. And then I was the uh, guest of honor. And then I sang, what, five of their songs. Wow. Yeah. So this is 
like was a, like a dream come true because this is a band that yeah. I uh, listened to when I was a kid. Right, right. You see? that's a dream. That's yeah. that, that's the level. I think that's success. Yeah, you don't know if you have a dream as a kid and it's not. People always think it's like, oh, I need these millions of dollars, yeah, but it's like, yeah. no, I got to perform with a band. Yeah. Like I'm a comic. If if I get to a level where Dave Chappelle is like, hey, I think you're funny, I'd be like, oh, I made. Or Eddie Murphy, I'd be like, oh, I made it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I made it. I don't think yeah. that to me that's it, but. So wait, where have you where have you performed? You and uh, Makina Loka, where have oh, you guys performed? We have performed all over the world, yeah, all over the world. I mean, I've been to all over the U.S. Uh-huh. Uh, we played in Australia. Right. We played all over Mexico. We played. Uh, wow. Puerto Rico. We played all over Europe. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, Belgium, Spain, Portugal, uh, Holland, uh, England, uh, you name it. Uh, we played in. Um, uh, Russia? Uh, no. No, uh, no, not Russia. We've uh, we played in Eastern Europe. Uh, we played in Slovenia. We played in uh, Hungary. Anything like that? No. Uh-huh. But we played in uh, Canary Island. Oh wow! Yes, and then um, and we played in Angola. The only place where I've taken the band um, a few times is Angola. So you been, So is there a place you wish you could play? Um, I would love to play in Kinshasa. Yeah. <laughs> or the Democratic Republic of Congo. I would love to play there, but you know, uh, you know, one day. Well, hopefully through the Bantu Boys podcast, you guys in Congo and Ken can see this legend here. You guys can have him play because music's outstanding. Um, it seems like you get a lot of support in Angola, yeah. right? How has, like, we're in places because, you because I am Angolan, <laughs> right? Right, but but it's it, you know it's interesting because. Yeah. You know, my mom, you know, you grew like you got you grew up with my mom. Like it was on the same street or or yeah. whatnot, right? And I try to figure out like since you grew up in Ken, yeah. how come when you perform in like LA we have a big Ken a, a big um Congo community. Yeah. Why don't you feel you don't get the support? I saw it going to the concert, I was like, yo, we're the only people here from Ken here. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, you're one of us. Yeah. Even you know, you're Angolan, but you know, we're all from the same kingdom. Yeah. Actually, we're from the yeah. same tribe. We're Bakongo. Yeah, yes, right, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I what do you think? I'm not saying issue, but why do you think that is where you don't get? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I wish I had the answer, but I don't know. Because your music's like your music is absolutely outstanding. I'm not saying like people retro like <laughs> the music is great. I don't know. I I wonder if like they don't know that you know you're performing here. Maybe it's not a big big deal. I mean, I know like it's I don't know like. Maybe that's me. Who knows? Maybe this is the purpose. So now that you perform, you know, we shot you out like, hey, go see him perform. And they'll know like, hey, I, I, I wish I had the answer. I really don't know. <sighs> we got yeah. Kong, Kong, we got to change that. Yeah. All right, let's let's change that. Um, <laughs> is there a um, is there any young uh, up and coming artist or artist that's uh, a younger artist that you like to work with? You can be anywhere, be Ken, any anywhere. I um, I would love to work with uh, Lokwan Kanza, for example. Who's that? Lokwan Kanza is um, um, Congolese singer, mm-hmm. songwriter, guitar player who lives in uh, Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great voice, great voice. And uh, I would love to work with him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I would wonder if, not wonder, but I'm really impressed with how you loved Cuban music. You know, we're now Cuban, uh-huh. and you got into the genre. I couldn't picture somebody like 
I mean, we'll see. Even though it's the United States of America. Well, well, but, but, but let me tell you something else, though. Yes, sir. Rumba, Congolese rumba. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, was sir. influenced partially by Cuban music. You know? Uh -huh. Way back then, um, the great musicians like uh, Gran Calais, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Franco, Rochero, they got the inspiration Russia. from Cuba. And even back then, they used to sing um, Cuban song in phonetic Spanish. Get out of here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can, well, when we get off the air, I can give you some titles of songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Way back then, and then let me tell you something else. Yes, sir. Um, Cuban music uh, is really African music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, when Cuban music came back to the continent of Africa, uh -huh. okay, African people all over uh, embraced it because they recognized it. Right. They recognized the African soul in Cuban music. Okay. Um, I love this. Yeah, you could go back then, even nowadays, you can go to any capital, and well, let's go just go back to the 1940s, 1950s. Yes, sir. You could go to any African metropolis, and you will find a band that performed their own version of uh, Cuban music. And uh, the influence was great in places like Senegal, uh, uh, Togo, right, uh, right, right. Uh, Guinea. But the greatest impact was in the Congo. Okay, in Congo, right. Kinshasa. Right. And Congo, Brazzaville. Right. You see? Oh, interesting. Congolese rumba is what? Is uh, the blend of Cuban uh, uh, rhythms, okay? Spe specifically, somontuno. Somontuno is a genre of uh, uh, Cuban music, okay? Somontuno and indigenous. Congolese music. I'm learning so much. Uh, <laughs> this is great. This is great. I'm learning yes. so much. Yes. Yeah. So, so the greatest musician of uh, the Congo, um, Franco, Gran Calais, uh, Rochero, uh, Dr. Nico. Ricardo Lembo. Um, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't put myself in that. Uh, I like the humility. Like the humility. Uh, I will. Yeah, yeah, I don't put myself in that category because for me, I mean, those were you know, real musicians, you know what I mean? They, I, I, you know, wait, 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 not really. I mean, those those guys were in uh, in another stratosphere, you see? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I look up to them. You know, okay, I, I love the humility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, really, it's really. I look yeah. up to them. And then uh, for me, um, these were the musicians who uh, paved the way yeah, trailblaze for, for, you, yeah. for um, you know, guys like me uh, uh -huh. to, 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 to follow. Okay. You see? Yeah. So, um, you know, the point I was trying to make was, yeah, all those were, all those music, great musicians were influenced actually uh. by, by, Cuban, by Cuban music. That's really interesting. Yeah. I wonder, is there like another, is there a relationship between Congo and Cuba outside, like outside of music? Because I remember growing up, my mom would play like Silly Cruz and Tito Puente, and I'd be like, okay, I like them. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, Cuban music was and still is uh, popular throughout Africa. But back then, it was the big thing. Yeah. Really? Yes. I did some research on that because yes. I wonder if it's like some political There's or anything. A, there, no, no, no. It had nothing to do with politics. It's just art. Mm -hmm. uh, Celia Cruz went to, to, to the Congo in 1952. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a great book that um, you would want to pick up. Yes, sir. It's called 
uh, Rumba on the River. Rumba on the River. The Music of the Two Congos. Okay, it was written by an American writer. His name is Gary Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can get that book on uh, Amazon or anything Amazon. like that. Yeah, you know, Rumba on the River. Uh huh. Yeah. So if you read that book, mm -hmm. you will learn everything there is to learn about Congolese music. Really? Yes. This one right here. That is it. That's oh, it. I'm on. Hey, I'm on it. I'm on That's it. it. <clears throat> That's it. You know, that trumpet player, uh, his name on the cover. Mm -hmm. He died a long time ago. He used to play with Rochero and African jazz. His name was Winnie Mbembe. The guy on the... On the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Okay, well, since um, you have... How many studio albums do you have? You have six, right? And uh, you're working seven, on... Seven. Seven. And, uh, right. seven. and the next one, uh -huh. number eight, will come out in um, late February uh, to 2020. Do you have a name of the title? Um, not yet. Um... Um, I'm thinking about well. One of the title track is Donna Pontesiana. Donna Pontesiana was my um, um, uh, great grandmother. So okay. your grand, your grandfather here. Uh, uh, actually, my grandfather's mother. Okay, 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 okay. Grandfather, mother. So I wrote a song uh -huh. about her. You know, just to honor her. Yeah. yeah. The song is in uh, Kikongo. Okay. And. Uh, the style of the song is rumba, but mixed with Cuban rhythms. Okay. You see? So I'm thinking maybe that will be the title, and but, you know, I'll know in the next, uh, in the, in the next uh, weeks, uh -huh. actually. <laughs> yeah, because the album is being designed as we speak. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, let's take away that album, right? Because that one is still, you're still in the process of making it. What's your favorite studio album? I have one. Uh, of all my albums? Uh -huh. Uh, I would say it's the first one. Really? Yeah, Tata Masamba. Why? Why? Well, it's my firstborn. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the album was uh, really made out of, uh, I mean, I had no expectation. and uh, That freedom, right? Yes, just to create. Uh, yeah, just the freedom to create. And uh, even to this day, when I, I mean, when I listen to it, I mean, there are a few imperfections in the, 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 the album, uh -huh. the, but it's my favorite, you uh -huh. see. Wait, so, can you explain to the fans what's the first um, name of the album? Tata Masamba. That's the first album, yes. It has that yiri yiri bone. Exactly. That yiri yiri bone. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go, Tata, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, after that first album, I signed a contract with a record label in uh -huh. New York, um, Putumayo World Music. Yeah. And then I released two albums with Putumayo. Um, uh, the first album I released with them, which is number two, yeah. is Mambo Yoyo. Okay. Uh -huh. Sound rolling. Now, welcome back to the Bantu Boys podcast here with the legend Ricardo Lembo. Um, we ended with you talking about your favorite album being Tata Masamba. Tata Masamba. And I told you my favorite song on that album is Yiri Yiri Bong. I don't, you know what I'm saying? That song. And it's in Spanish, right? Yes. It's Spanish, right? Outstanding. Yeah, we, we mixed it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, um, that's an old 1952 song, Cuban uh, song. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That song is from Cuba. Oh, okay. And then, so I did my version. All right. And then we sang it in Spanish. But then in the middle of the song, we're singing in uh, Lingala. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get back to that. You, um, you, so you made your own version. My favorite album, I have to tell the fans, yeah. Isabella. Mm -hmm. It has Mentirosa. Yeah. 
and habariyako. In Swahili, yo, that hariba. And then the oh, and the guitar? That's a Richard. You don't understand that song? Wait, can you tell the fans who's on the guitar of that song? Habariyako. Okay, the guitar player is Wikilo. Wikilo is a legendary Congolese guitar player who. Played with um, uh, Tabule Rochero. Yes, yes, yes. Played with uh, Papa Wemba. Uh-huh. Played with um, uh, Emeneya. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, many other um, Congolese artists. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I don't know. What is it with us in Central Africa? We love the guitar. The guitar is like our thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, really, I don't have the answer to that. I, 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 I don't know. I, every time you listen to like a really good Congolese song, that guitar... Good fingers. The Congolese are great guitar players. Right. Really, really great music. But you made your own rendition of Yiri Yiri Bong, right? Mm. It's amazing in in African music, in even j- any American jazz, other genres of music, it's okay to make your own re- rendition of music. Like here in, in America, in Tajini, like, you know, like rap is like the a pop culture. You're looked down upon to make your own version of a song, or even to say somebody another rapper's line or another artist's line. Why do you think it's so accepted in your genre of music to make your own rendition of a music? I, I don't know if it's, well, it's accepted. I mean, um, um, there are um, <laughs> again. I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer this. You say why is it accepted? Yeah, because like, like like you make the like so you did yeah. wrong. You said it's a song from 1952. You yeah. make it. We love it. Uh, but but let me tell you something else. I mean, uh, there are there were Africans musicians before me who also made uh, made uh, did a rendition of that song. Right. That that particular song. Right. You see, Calais uh, uh, Grand Calais did many renditions of Cuban music. Right. So did Franco. Yeah. And so did Sam Manguana. And so did Rochero. Yeah. You see? But so, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they're yeah. not looked down upon. Like, they're still a legends to us. Uh, but like, if somebody, let's say, like here in the States, if you, if somebody has this one song or whatever, let's say Yiri Ribon, yeah. and then another musician makes that song, they'll be like, oh, well, he just copied his song. Uh, I don't know. It's maybe... I think it's almost like you guys, like... In your genre, our, back home, it's like, no, we're just trying to honor. Like, we all love that song. I, I like that song, too. It's not looked down upon. No, yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> you have no answer. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm in my circle, uh-huh. uh, um, you know, there are musicians who do renditions of other songs. I mean, nobody uh-huh. look uh, down on them. Uh, it's just um I mean music is, is to be is to be shared. It's for everyone. You see? That's so, the that's the that, <laughs> let me say that's a great answer. No, that's, that's good to hear. Like music's supposed to be shared. It makes people feel happy. Like I don't think people understand like as an artist, a comedian, an actress, musician, you are a form of medicine for people. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm when I was at your performance, like for that two hours, it was like I'm free. Like I'm not worried about like the monotony of every day. I like to see myself. Uh, I like to think of myself as a um, uh, dispenser of joy. It's Ooh, a, yeah. So, Ooh, so <laughs> that's a rap bar. A dispenser of joy. Of joy, yeah. So my job is to entertain, and uh, you know, if people are happy dancing, uh, my job is done. 
what is so far what is the your best moment of your career so far the best moment yeah Oh God. Can, 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 I, can I, dude? I, I don't know. For some reason, I think about when you were in that movie, Vanessa Williams movie, uh, "Dance with Me." Yeah. yeah. Well, um, it was a good moment, mm. uh, but uh, the best moment. I mean, I've had so many good moments. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, we've done many, many shows. Um, I mean, I cannot just say this particular performance was better than this. I mean. Uh. It was just different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because oh. each venue has its own uh, uh, particularity, peculiarity. Uh -huh. um, and um, I don't know. I I mean, we've played in Australia, in Sydney, Australia, and, uh, uh -huh. at a place called uh, Darling Harbour. I mean, I loved it. We were there for like, I don't know, four or five days. It was great. And then... Um, I done, I've done many great shows um, in Angola, for example. Right. Um, and I've done shows um, God, uh, here in Los Angeles, in New York. Yeah. But I, I cannot say that performance in New York was uh, better than this. The performance or my favorite, and the one in no, I. Uh, <laughs> I already told I told him this off the air, but I'm gonna let you guys know. When me and Rihanna get married, he's yeah. performing at our wedding. He's got to put it out there to the Richard. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's got the dream Just big. Give me advance notice. So <laughs> I clear my schedule. Get clear the schedule. <laughs> okay, so we're going to end this interview with Dr. Richard. We appreciate you coming here, being here. We love your music. Um, where can the people find your music? Uh, you can find it online. Uh, mm. uh, Amazon.com and uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Um, where's the next place you're going to perform? Um, I'm going to Angola. Are you going to go on tour after you yeah. give do the last album? Um, no, no. I'm going to Angola in December um, mm. in about, what, three weeks. Okay. Yeah, I have a couple of performances there, uh -huh. and then, um, then I'll come back, and then... Um, Come back and then get ready to, for the release of the next album, okay. uh, which I plan to release uh, at the end of February. When are you? Are you gonna, of, uh, of March. Are you going to do a release party in LA? Um, yes, definitely. There's a plan for that, but the first release will be in Angola. Oh, oh okay. Yes. So when you do the release party in LA, invite the Vantu boys. We'll go. We'll come there and come support. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Oh, we always ask a guest this um, this question before they leave. Okay. What is your spirit animal? If you're an animal, yeah. what is your spirit animal? Oh, God. <laughs> like for me, it would be a leopard. The yeah. reason being a leopard, a black panther, yeah. is because um, it's dark, uh -huh. it's uh, mysterious, yeah. it's quiet, but it only attacks when it has to. So that would be my spirit animal. So, oh God, you know what? I've never even thought about this. <laughs> it um, throws a loop. Yeah. Um, so you're asking what my my favorite animal is. I yeah, guess. so what's the animal you'd be like, I'm, we have the same characteristics? You know what? I would probably say uh, a monkey because monkey is very playful uh -huh. and I am a very playful person. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say, say. You also, if you say you're a monkey, I would also say too, you're yeah. quiet strong because you know monkeys are strong as hell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, 
you know, I like to play around, and monkey uh, love to play around. So okay. I, I think, I guess, I'm. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my animal. The yeah. spirit animal. That's okay. my spirit animal. Yes. Well, Dr. Richard, thank you so much. We'll put down his um, information in the um, in the link in the pages, um, the about section, so you'll be able to find his music, his website, next show, upcoming shows. So. Thank you again, Dr. Richard. Um, and um, yeah, that's it. We'll see you guys next week on the Bantu Boys podcast. Next week on the Bantu Boys podcast. Because it's like I'm giving you an avenue where yeah. you're not going to see if like if you get 100,000 views on a video and I'm reposting and I'm tagging you, at least let me I'm put my name people, on it. I'm attracting people. Some people might be like, I mean, oh, he has a platform. and.